Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. It is probably hard to think about winter when you're sweating in the sun on a day like today, but winter is coming and it is time to get your home ready. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today to get us started and remind us of all the things we're supposed to be doing this time of year. Hello, Bill. Good morning, Charity. It is wonderful to have you here. And this is one of those weird weeks where a lot of people will be running their air conditioner and then by the weekend, they'll have the heater on. Yes. So that's a great reminder that our heating and cooling systems might need a little bit of attention this time of year. Yes, yes, it's a big reminder. You know, of course, the first time those furnaces kick on uh, in the fall, you know, you can always get that nice dust burning smell. Yeah, it's a great you know? odor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, it's funny how Iowans recognize that odor <laughs> so well. But, uh, yeah, this has just been a strange week because... Uh, it has been so hot and the air conditioner has been running, I know. But this is a really good time to get, uh, you know, your heating and cooling people to come out and do, you know, maintenance. Um, not just maintenance either, uh, you know, safety checks. And because, you know, you know, they're usually made, you know, heating systems are usually made to, to last, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, the old systems way back in the day, that's, you know, it's where they last 200 years, but the new ones, some of the newer ones are lasting good. The better brands, you know, are, are doing well. Um, but the funny thing that we've noticed is a lot of, uh, um, building scientists and people involved in the industry have really taken notice that nationally, um, air source heat pumps and geothermal heat pumps are uh, over 50% of the heating and cooling systems now. They've taken wow. over. Yeah, it's just... That is such a huge change in a it, relatively short period of time. I was I, I was really shocked, you know, but um, when you look at, when you look at, at uh, like, say, international movies or TV shows, I, you know, I'm always watching what's on the walls and things, and you'll see a lot of these, uh, you know, mini splits, they call them, heat pumps with the, have a cassette that's on the wall. You see them all the time in shows, so you know they're 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 huge over in in Europe and Australia and all these. You know, we're we were a little bit uh, slow to, to take on the technology, and by rights, um, it was you know when you, in retrospect, it was good because the early heat pumps when when people talk about them, they had a lot of issues. I think I think it was kind of put on the uh, on, on, on the, the public a little bit too soon, you know, before they had all the bugs. They weren't very good at all in colder climates. And by colder climates, I mean like 30 degrees or, you know. Like or, Iowa. Yeah, like Iowa. They were great in cooling. I mean, they've always been really good in that. But the technology, like everything else, has just taken off like crazy. Um, every manufacturer now, uh, especially air source heat pumps, um, they were a little bit harder to handle the colder climates. They've really come along and... I think every major manufacturer now has, they'll call them a cold climate system um, or, a, or a deep temperature system. You know, they got all kinds of different terms, but they're good down to 22 below zero, which means that they're still able to pull heat energy out of 22 below zero, which, in, you know, that doesn't work in my mind, but they're able to do that uh, with the new types of equipments and uh, the materials uh, that they're using. And, 
the a lot of people seem to forget that if let's just say if it got super cold and it couldn't handle it or if the compressor went out well you can order them and i did for the one that i have up in northern minnesota is an electric heat strip and then that'll kick on and easily heat the cabin it's it's you know it's 100% you know but it's expensive to they're right. expensive to Far run far more expensive yeah but i tell you what i i did that last year cuz i had a part go off in our heat pump and and I'll tell you that that electric uh, strip more than handled, and you know we're talking over two thousand square feet, more than handled it. Um, so I'm not you know worried at all. And I, and I the people that I talk to now, especially in northern Minnesota, and it's kind of funny I always bring that up, but they're all putting in heat pumps. Hmm. And the heating and cooling guy that I have that comes up and he's fixing mine. And, uh, oh, he says, yeah, he said, we're all, we're all putting them in now because they're simple and they're efficient and they have so many more easily, easy adjustments for fan speed, things like that. All right. So if your heating system is inefficient and needs replacing, that's yeah. something to think about. But it, if you're yeah. not going to replace if it. If you're not going to replace it, but going back to that, right. let's just, <laughs> there are need- a lot of rebates and things out there too <laughs> as well. You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of, does it sound like I'm pushing? You are but, an enthusiast. Okay. But if you, if Which you, carries a lot of weight. Oh so. yeah. Right. Okay. Maybe in this room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are going back, you know, it may be time to, if, you know, if you're starting to get maybe a little, you see little rust spots here and there or something, ask the, uh, you know, your, your technician, okay, I don't want you to try and sell me something here, but just tell me, you know, can I get by with this for a few years yet? Right, what you do know, you think the lifetime is? Right. It, 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 can, it, can I just do replacement parts? Um, you know, will it pay off for me to go to a more efficient system? Because, um a lot of times it's not going to help you that much because your ductwork, your delivery system, isn't up to speed at all. It's still maybe 40, 60, you never know how old. And and that is such a huge part of the efficiency of that unit. But the biggest thing, you know, you want to make sure that that thing, if you do have gas, uh, water heater or um, furnace, that, you know, you do have your carbon monoxide detectors up to speed. And if a person comes in and says they took light, well, the flame color tells me that everything's okay. No, um, that's kind of an old myth. Uh, it, that isn't the indicator. They need to be coming in with the gas detectors and, and uh, you know, and actually checking and they'll be have to adjust maybe. And a lot of times they need to be adjusted uh, every so often. All right. And making those calls right now is a really good idea because everybody calls when it gets cold and the furnace yes. doesn't work. Yes. So call, calling yeah. right now, getting on the schedule I, is I'd a be great idea. Today. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. a good plan. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other issues. I mean, obviously, if we have noticed that things are leaky in our homes, this might be a good idea to to think about weatherization. Yes, you know, if you're looking at do-it-yourself weatherization, or if you're looking at uh, you know, having someone come in and do an energy audit, or you've, you've heard about uh, nonprofits doing uh, weatherization programs or the federal government, you know, there's grants out there. Um, the, you know, the first thing I would do is, is get a hold of your utility company and see if they provide an energy audit where they'll come in and look around your house and tell you, okay, these are the issues. You know, you have air leakage here, and this is how you should handle it if you want to do it yourself. Um, they'll tell you, uh, they'll bring a blower door in and they'll check 
for, you know, issues with your ductwork, and they'll check for issues with the air leakage, windows, doors, things like that. And if they say, you know, we think you're kind of ripe for uh, weatherization. And, you know, a lot of people call right to UN, University of Northern Iowa and the Green America Corps because they do a lot of weatherization in Iowa. You know, there's private firms and that. But uh, I would check with the University of Northern Iowa first and, and, and see what their recommendations are because if, if they can't do it, they can tell you other places. And the nice thing is, you know, they're probably in a network where they've seen the good and the bad of other people. They may have come in and you know redone a few things because weatherization is, is such an area of education, I guess is the best way to put it. We did so many things wrong in the 70s and 80s, um, and the houses and the people are the ones that took the brunt of that. Uh, poor indoor air quality, uh, you know, mold issues, uh, rotting materials, um, you know, a whole gamut of things that we did wrong. And then when building science kicked in, the newer people that are doing weatherization, they understand that that you just can't come along and start caulking everything without making sure that there's good, clean, uh, fresh air in your home. Older weatherization systems, you know, many years ago just came in and, boy, they would just tighten this house up and then everybody's wondering why they're getting sick. Um, so, you know, you want to ask if you do have someone come in, you know, are, have you done a lot of, uh, you know, uh, education, you know, and background checks, things like that. But have you done a lot of seminars where you've attended, where you've learned, um, about indoor air quality? And because that's so much more important than energy efficiency, it doesn't matter how much you're saving on energy if you're unhealthy or uncomfortable in your home. All right. So be careful if you want to do DIY. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and I I could write a book on all the things that I've done wrong, you know, and that you learn from. Right. And my good friends will tell me only, you know, only tell me because they know I'm not going to rat on them, the things that they've done wrong as well. And we all learn from it, and we won't repeat those, you know. All right. Well, I think you should write that book, Bill. Um, Before we run out of time for this part of the show, uh, do you have any words of caution? A lot of us think our windows are where it leaks. Our windows need to be replaced. A lot of people want to sell us windows. Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. It seems like every third commercial, somebody trying to sell you brand new windows. And every time I see those ads, I think, Okay, the the windows are great, fine. But the installation, when I see somebody just throwing a window into a house that's got all the siding on it, I'm thinking, oh, where's the flashing? Where's the where's how's the water once it gets behind your vinyl siding, which it always does? Where's that water going to go? Is is it going to go behind that cheap tape you bought at a big box store for three dollars? You know, and you throw a bunch of caulk on it. Oh, I've got her done. No, no, you don't. And so, you know, you want to make sure that I don't care how many, you know super premiums, you know, the best, uh, certified, all these, uh, you know, acronyms and everything they want to use on, on how good they are. I want to know how you put that in the wall and is my wall going to stay dry and is the water going to stay outside the thermal envelope? And that's the first thing I would ask you because all the windows are pretty decent. I mean, really, if they're put in right. Um, but you want to make sure that they have a, an NFRC sticker on the windows. If they don't have that, then I wouldn't buy the window. All right. And, and that sticker just tells them what the solar heat gain is, what the R value or the U value and the R values. And it means it was tested by a third party, not just built in your garage or your shop over here. 
All right. There we go. Good advice. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And Bill McAnally will answer your questions about the home improvement projects on your to-do list. You can give us a call at 866-780-9100. That's 866-780-9100. You can also send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. You don't have to just ask questions about getting ready for winter. Any project on your to-do list, Bill will take a crack at it. We'll be back in a moment. This is Talk of Iowa from IPR News. Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today. He is ready and willing to answer your questions. Give us a call, 866-780-9100. 866-780-9100. We've got a couple of lines open for you right now. You can also send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And we're going to start with an email question. Tim in Ankeny wants to know, he says, is an electric on-demand water heater a good choice for a standalone workshop or should I go with a traditional electric water heater? I'm going to have a shop sink and three-piece washroom. I don't anticipate high usage out in the shop. Um, I would go with a a heat pump water heater. Um, They're much more efficient. They've come along really well. They're not that expensive, really. Um, There's some rebates depending where you're at uh, on the heat pump water heaters. And um, that would be. So when he says electric on-demand water heater, is he talking about a heat pump water heater? Help no, me understand I, the difference. I think what he's talking about is the small ones that like go under the sink. Okay. And uh, you know, as it just as soon as you want hot water, it heats it up. And I know some people have had really good luck, and there's they're very very good for the for his application if he has really good water, and because the plumbers that I've worked with don't like them, they don't like having to go back and doing repairs on them or replacing them because the water going into it, um, you know, Iowa has a lot of hard water, especially a lot of water with iron in it, you know, depends where you're at. So if you have a good filter system, maybe to go for it, then it would be great for him. Um, Otherwise I would go with the heat pump. It just depends, like you say, how much he's using it and um, uh, how much or how he heats it as well. That would be part of it, but they're very good. For, for exactly what he's saying. So if he can get the water situation to where it's just crystal clear, perfect, um, y- you know, I would, you know, go ahead and do that, especially for his system. It, it would work great for that. Um, you know, I would, the thing is that you can, you can buy those, uh, you know, the small canister um, water filters that I think would probably be good enough, especially for his use. So in that case, go ahead. If he can get the water situation done, be great. Because okay. that's been the only problem um, that, that that I've heard of. All right. And so uh, when you talk about heat pump um, water heaters, right? It, how 
does that system differ when you say, it, I mean, when we're talking about on-demand water? Yeah, the on-demand on one, is just, it looks like a, a box on the wall, mm-hmm. whereas a heat pump water heater looks like a traditional uh, water heater, except that it's taking uh, the heat energy out of the room. Um, which you're heating, of course, but they're very they're very efficient. Um, they pay off fairly quick. But in his use, he you know when you think about it, if he's not using it all that much monetarily, it probably isn't going to pay off mm. for him. So I'd switch to the. Okay. He could put that extra money into a really good filter system to preserve the quality of the heat, you know, the on demand. I'm glad we, uh, yeah, that's good. Right. I had to work, think through that through one. The yeah, whole there thing. we go. All, All right. right. <laughs> if you have a question for Bill, give us a call 866 780 9100. 866 780 9100. Email talk of Iowa at iowapublicradio.org. Frank is on the line in Fairfield. Hi, Frank. Hi. So my right. question What's your is, uh, my question is about air-to-air heat pumps. Um, I just put one in. Uh, it was on those days when it was a hundred degrees. It would not cool the house below about seventy-two. It is properly sized, so I'm wondering if something's wrong or if that's normal. Um, no, no. I um, so you have it. So you have is it a, a mini split system with a cassette on the wall or is it the ducted no it's a it's a ducted system okay um well it depends on i guess i would go back to you know who sized it i guess um you know and look at you know maybe there's just too much heat coming in or windows or whatever because the ones that are sized right um i know that uh one that i have you know when it was in the 90s um, I had absolutely no problem getting it down to 67 where I like to have it when I'm working inside the place. And so, the, you know, it could be a ducted ductwork issue. Um, a lot of things. Is it an existing home, an older home? or? Well, it's 14 years old, but it was built new. So Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, you might want to have someone take a look at the ductwork design. Um take a look at that. And, and sometimes it's just, you know, it's really funny. Sometimes it's just some furniture, maybe sitting over top of a, a vent or the drapes, you know, something covering up the distribution system where it comes into the room or air leakage. If the ductwork isn't properly sealed, like with mastic on all the joints, um, you could be losing a lot of that somewhere else. And, and especially if any of that ductwork goes up into the attic, and it isn't uh, insulated and sealed properly, you could be losing a vast majority of that there. Um, it, it, you know, to me, it just, it, it, if, you, if you didn't make any changes to the home, it just sounds like it's just not sized correctly. Um, but have, have that, uh, the person that, you know, brought it in, have them take a look at it. It could, it could be just something very simple. It could also be sometimes the filters aren't, um, the correct filters for the actual fan and delivery system that you have, they may be too restrictive and you're not getting enough airflow. Hmm. Um, um, the, the other, so there's you, a couple, oh, we should, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, thanks. We, so we should get more than a 20 degree differential from outside temperature to inside temperature. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, I've had, um, like a, like in the winter, um, you know, mine 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 is a ducted unit, 
and much colder. And when we were down there about 10 below, I was, you know, it wasn't hard at all keeping the, the place at 70, you know, once, when other people are there, they want it warmer. So, you know, 70, 71, I could basically crank it up to anything I want. So when they're, when they're installed correctly, you shouldn't have an issue if they're sized right. Frank, thanks so much for the call. Yeah, thanks, Frank. And you can call us, 866-780-9100. Email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Nancy's on the line next in Ames. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Hi. I would like to know the pros and cons of a laser-measured tub liner and wall system. And approximately what I would expect to pay for that. Well, as far as what they're going to cost, uh, you're going to have to get at least three bids to, you know, to be able to figure out what it's going to be. What, and it, when it comes down to it, on, the, on those laser ones, they can be extremely, uh, um, I'm trying to think, extremely accurate in the right hands. Um, when somebody is really trained on how to do those measuring systems, They'll come out and it'll it'll just look like it was molded into that opening, even if that opening is really goofed up. You know, things out of square, uh, out of plumb. When they're done correctly, they're very good. If they're not done correctly, it's just going to come down to experience and uh, and professionalism. I guess is what I would say. I I don't have any idea what what the cost. I've never had one. You know, I've never paid for one. Um, but I would at least get at least three and then ask how long they've been in business. Um, because anytime you use a laser, um, it's, it's just kind of, it's just like numbers, uh, you know, your inputs and outputs, what you ever put in, you know, is going to affect what your outputs are, how perfectly level that, that laser is perfectly level and square is going to determine how accurate it is. And some of them aren't the, I mean, when you go five feet wide on a standard tub, if you're off just a hair, it's going to make a big difference by the time, if you have it in the center, you go two and a half feet. It's going to make a big difference when you're, when you're starting to fit things together. Um, so I would really go with the experience and get, get some referrals from them, uh, you know, some photos and, and contacts. Does that answer your question, mm-hmm. Nancy? Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, sure. thank, thank you. you. The, thank you. Hey, there we go. Thanks a lot for the call. 866-780-9100. Email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. We've got an an- another Nancy on the line, this one from Fairfield. Hi, Nancy. Hi, can you hear me? We can. What's your question? Oh, I <laughs> think she just hung up on us. Nancy and Fairfield, call back. We'll take you again. Um, next, let's go to Roxanne in Iowa City. Hi, Roxanne. Oh, hello. Yes, I'm Roxanne, Hi. Iowa City. Thank you for this program. Um, yeah, I'm in in Iowa City with a 1960s house, forced air uh, ducted system, and no longer have an AC. I got in 2017 and was hoping to use some of the environmental uh, rebate programs, but of course our administration changed and I see those starting to come back. I'm wanting to, I get overwhelmed comparing and I would love to um, have you speak with these various, about overview on various systems and or um, give resource where it's really just very clear how to make that selection for both 
cooling and um, heating. Thank you. Okay, um, yeah, that's a that's a good question. What I what I I get a lot of, um, I guess sites and things that that I look at and the ones that I think are very credible. Um, Green Building Advisor is an online source and. It has done uh, comparisons for different heating and cooling systems, and they really don't have any biases uh, about who's better. They give you just, you know, they'll test them and see how they work. Some of the editors and actually like to take them outside and uh, put a bunch of systems together or products together, and they, they just kind of test them out and, and try to beat the heck out of them and, you know, give them a different condition, see how well they do perform in different, uh, like getting them wet or getting them super hot, super cold, you know. Um, so green building advisor is a really good one. Um, indoor air quality. And I believe that's the name of the magazine that every once in a while I send some copies to charity too. It's a, it's very good on, uh, on like the type of filter systems and that to use. Um, Fine Home Building Magazine has done a lot of uh, testing and comparisons as well. Otherwise, you kind of have to go to some trade organizations. And I really, trade organizations seem to, okay, who's who has the most money and all of a sudden their equipment is the best. Um, but I would, I would first go to, uh, to a Green Building Advisor, um, take a look at that. Uh, but I would also um, see if you know of anybody um, that's in the business, that is a friend that will give you an honest opinion. Um, they're not going to try and sell sell you something. Um, you can also check with uh, probably, um, I would think Iowa State University uh, has done some testing in the past as well, and the Iowa State Extension probably has some uh, brochures and that brochures. That's funny. Anyway, they probably don't even have do brochures anymore. Like, Some you know, online publications. I yeah, there we go. That's called. the term I'm looking for. I'm looking for eight tracks on, on, on that stuff. Um, yeah, I would, I would go that way, but you know, if I would strong, you know, me personally, I would strongly look at, uh, you know, if you're going to go with something, go with heat pumps. Um, because down the road I can, I can really see where if we get our energy efficient, uh, retrofits uh, done correctly, like a 1960s home is just ripe for usually for an easy um, way to make it more efficient all on the exterior. And when we can do that, um, you're going to get your heating and cooling loads down to very, very low levels. And then we can start looking at renewables such as solar. Um, you know, when, when people talk about uh, net zero homes or net zero ready. I've told people any home could be net zero ready. Depends how many panels you want to buy. Um, and as the cost goes down on those, you know, we're, we're strongly looking at that, but I really like all electric homes. I, I really do. I, I just have had too many experiences with issues with gas. I don't like ever we're going someplace and have to worry about maybe I should have brought a portable carbon monoxide detector with me. Um, and, if, when they're done, they're done. When done right, they're great. But yeah, I would look at, at, at a newer heat pump system and, and it depends where you're at. You know, if you're in town, you still may, you know, utility company, if it's Alliant or, or Mid-American or one of the um, cooperatives, check and see what kind of uh, uh, help you can get if you do switch to a uh, heat pump. Um, Brian in Panora has a question about heat pumps as well. Hi, Brian. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for 
being on the line. I've been wanting to talk to somebody about this for a long time. So I I went through this whole thing with heat pumps, and then I decided, I read something about this new technology they're doing in Europe. They're doing sodium ion exchange, blah, blah, blah. It's like going to revolutionize the heat pump industry, supposedly, and I'm just wondering, are we really on the threshold of, of something really breathtaking that I should just wait a year or two? Or is it as good as it's going to get for a while? I mean, it's pretty good now, but I mean, is there something really earth shattering right around the corner? You know, um, I'm one that uh, it, things changing so fast that if your system is working now, the longer you wait, um, if you can, you know, the longer you wait, the better the equipment's going to be. Some of this stuff is springing up, um, Brian, so fast on me that, you know, it's really hard to keep track of. And, and it seems like most of most of that new technology is coming out of, you know, Germany, um, uh, England, you know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, in Canada. Um, I don't know what's going on, why we have. I mean, America has jumped in it, but it seems like we're always a little bit behind. Um, I'm also seeing... Uh, some other issues in the, in the world of that, as far as generation of energy, um, when it comes to hydrogen. So I really don't know, uh, you know, what's really coming because when it's as efficient as it is, cause you know, I have a family member that their house is 2000 square foot up, 2000 square foot down. There's a lot, there's like 38,000 cubic feet. And in the last nine years, they've been averaging, uh, heating and cooling are right around. Now it's up to about $32 a month. Wow. Heating, cooling, and hot water. So for that big, well, it's because the envelope was was done correctly and the heating and cooling was done correctly, sized right, and the ductwork was done perfectly. And, uh, and, and it was by a commercial heating and cooling person. They just took pride in their work and they knew what the code was and they went, it just it get goosebumps every time I talk about it because they did so good. Um, and so if everything's done right, you know, you'll get good performance and, and things down the road, I don't know what they're going to cost. Right. You know, they, okay. So we're, we're about to run I'm out sorry. of time for the segment, but yeah. I want to break that down okay. for Brian, because you are a guy who gets excited about the new stuff, but <laughs> and I get you rambling. Were, yeah. Right, you were just telling me <laughs> yeah. how, how impressed you are with the heat pump technologies yeah. that we have right now. So if you yeah. do need to make a change, now's a good time to make it. Yes, now's a good time to make it. But if you don't have to do okay. it right now, yeah, wait. And it, it, you know, it's like anything else. It just it's going so fast. You yeah. know, I can't keep up with yeah. it. But I'm very changes. happy with the systems that we have right now. All right. And they're kind of bulletproof right now, too. Brian, I hope that helped. I think you and Bill are kind of soulmates, and you probably uh, could have a lot of fun talking about <laughs> technologies. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. You can call with your questions. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. 866-780-9100. You can email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And uh, Bill McAnally is here to answer your questions. We'll be back in a moment. This is Talk of Iowa. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. 
It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, Can't get his headphones is on. here today struggling with a pair of headphones. I guess you shouldn't have ever taken those off, Bill. Okay. Um, but he is here to answer your questions, but not about how to wear headphones. No. You can call us 866-780-9100. You can email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And William is on the line next in Des Moines. Hi, William. Hello, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can. What's your question? Well, uh, you've been talking about airflow, and um, we have a... Um, I, we're basically... Um, uh, um, <laughs> we're stewards to a 107-year-old house that we live in, and uh, it's uh, in a Drake neighborhood of Des Moines, and... Um, uh, my question is, is that uh, we're considering a kitchen renovation and um, it involves possibly taking out the, the um, split staircase. So it's very much like uh, in, the, in, the, in the verb of upstairs, downstairs sort of thing. So um, uh, one goes to the kitchen, the other one goes to the living room. Um, and... Uh, so my question is, is, you know, relating to airflow, relating to historical preservation, relating to, you know, our today's standards of having this, you know, these um, open concept kitchens and whatnot. Um, what is your advice about, you know, keeping or, or possibly taking out the one that's going to the kitchen um, with the anticipation of yes, we gain space, but in the in the on the on on the back side, we're removing sort of the historical, you know, originality of the um, nineteen sixteen home. Right. Do you use the staircase? Very much so. Yes. Okay, so it it still has utility for you, also. Yes. You know, it kind of comes down I, to, um, you, you know, what I'd be looking at as aging in place as well. Um, I like to eliminate as many stairs as possible, even though they're functional now. Um, think about maybe 20 years from now or if someone blows a knee or a hip. Think about how easy it is to move around in, in that home. Um, so you're going to have to balance that against... Uh, the historical significance and the feeling of the home because, yeah, when you do open it up like that, that age of home, it will it will just destroy the feel of that heritage that's in the home. So that's, and that, some, emotionally, that's a tough thing to do a lot of times because that's just such a significant part of its history. And it, it just comes back to what right. you feel. Yeah, and, it, and I can tell you're struggling with it. Because, um, but the thing is, you've got to look at your aging in place. If you plan to stay there, then I would look at making as getting as few steps as possible and opening things up as much as possible. And how cramped is the kitchen now? Because this would really expand your, your space in the kitchen, right? Yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a tight kitchen. Yeah, then that would that would even push me more to going to open because you're going to gain at least four feet probably by the time you figure the stairs and the walls that 
that enclosed that. Um, you know, that also opens up to a new kitchen design so that it is more open and it flows better for you where you can maybe move, you know, the cooktop refrigerator and sink to a more efficient pattern and have more efficient travel patterns through there as well. Um, so does this thing have a lot of stairs coming up to the main floor from ground level from the outside? Uh, yeah, there's five stairs, um, from like sidewalk up to, up to the, the the main level. Okay. And then there's, Um, and then there's seven on the split levels going up to the, the well and then they join. All right. Yeah, I I think I I kind of defer to making that kitchen bigger, opening it up. Um, but there again, it is going to make it be a hard decision uh, to do that. Uh, and sometimes it's it's good yeah. to call someone in that's a that is a kitchen designer um, or an interior mm-hmm. designer because they have they have that feel of how things flow that I've never had, and they can they can see how things are going to be, and they may be able to take what you have make it work a lot better and seem seem larger but be more effective. Yeah, that's it's just going to come down to that what that hard choice of do I want to keep it the way it is or do I want to make it uh, more efficient and uh, maybe yeah, especially yeah. a lot easier to move around. That's tough. <laughs> you yeah. have a you have a hard but, decision ahead yeah, of you, William. I know. Maybe flip a coin and, yeah. and see how you feel with the, the result. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those really tough things because they obviously love this staircase. Yes. And the other thing is, if you change that, you know, then you got to figure out, okay, now that did I really ruin, uh, especially in the Drake neighborhood, the historical significance of this thing and, and selling it. Okay. So how do you, how do you answer that question? Well, yeah, then you have to bring in like a realtor and say, okay, or an appraiser say, now, if I do this, what's this going to do to my market value in this? And, and you know, they could say, you know what, now it's just some old, same plain old Jane home they could get that's not in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just throws more into the decision. Uh, and, and that's why this thing, this thing is hard. For me personally, I would make it as, as flowable as possible. So you would take out the staircase? I would. Okay. Eliminate as many stairs as you can because when you get to be my age, every one of them is horrible. It's just, yeah. William, good luck with your decision. We muddied some waters there for you. (laughs) Thanks so much for the call. 866-780-9100. Nancy in Fairfield is back with us. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm looking, I'm interested. Hi. Um, I'm interested in getting a full house water filter and I'm wondering if there's anything in particular I should be looking for any parameters or any words that I should be looking for well you what you want to do is get your water uh, tested um, and I just uh, put one in uh, in my home and uh, the people that do my water softener and filter system uh, they test the water for me, and then um, they were able to tell me, which was really nice, was uh, you really don't, with my water, with my well, um, you really don't need a filter. But when it was, you really don't mm-hmm. need a filter, then it was like, okay. I'm So I stuck uh, one of the nice uh, canister ones in that I can change out about every month just to give that extra little bit of uh, security when I'm drinking the water. 
Um, and I pulled right. that water. I always, my drinking water, I always pull out before it goes through the softener so that, you know, it tastes like real water. Yeah. <laughs> and you would also right. want that, you would also want that water to go to your plants. You don't want the water from the, from the softener. So sometimes you may have to do some plumbing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but I would, I would have, you know, have a water softener person that they, they sell those and then they'll test that water and tell you, you know, what kind of a filter you need. Because it seems like every place in Iowa has different types of water. You know, if you're in the, are you in the country or are you in Fairfield itself? No, I have city water. Okay. But I'm just, I'd like to filter out some chlorine and I. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like the smell of uh, swimming water. pools either. <laughs> That's why I live in the yeah, country. Yeah, when I shower and things like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, you can, because you can get them to, you can get a filter to do that. So then I, yeah, okay. I would get one of those. I would do some research. I would get in consumer reviews or consumer reports and, oh, and, okay. and Google the best, best whole house water filter to take out chlorine. I just put that okay. word in there and then, you know, get past the sponsored ones and, get into the ones that have been tested. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's okay. nothing Do you worse think than I'm going to... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to need about to spend about $1,000? Oh, no. Do you no. think that's a fair ballpark? No. Okay. No, not that much. Okay. Um, if you're just looking okay. at a simple one, no. Mine's like 200 And that's what the right. year's worth builders. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be for you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. No, but thanks for getting me started. I'll just, okay. you know, I have more courage to explore it. Okay. okay. Thanks a lot. You bet. Yeah, thanks a lot for the call, Nancy. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. Beverly is on the line in North Liberty. Hi, Beverly. It's North Liberty. Um. Oh. Okay, Beverly, we're having. Okay, I just want to. We... I think we can hear you now. Can Go you ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna. I think Beverly passed along her question, which okay. is a a deceptively simple question. Ooh. She says she wants to know how a heat pump works. We've been walk- talking about them all hour. How do they work, Bill? Well, I tell you, the easiest way to describe it is go in the kitchen and there's a refrigerator. That's an air source heat pump. What it does is it pulls uh, the heat energy or the, the heat, the cooling energy, the temperature out of the room, runs it through a compressor system, and then it magically changes the temperature of that air. So if you have cold air in the refrigerator. If you put you stand at the refrigerator when it's running in bare feet and you'll feel the warmth come out at the bottom because that's what it's doing is it's using the energy in the air. Um, just the easiest thing to do is, is just to Google, um, you know, heat pumps, how they work. Cause all it is is just moving heat energy from one point to another through a compressor system. But I always like to just say a heat pump is your refrigerator and that simplifies it pretty easy. Beverly, thanks for the call. Ron is on the line next in Trenton, Missouri. Hi, Ron. Thanks. After we got married in 2008, I added 12 inches of cellulose insulation on top of six inches of fiberglass in the condo attic. Okay. Uh, I bought a 1950s, 1950 fixer-upper here in North Missouri. 
Uh, it has either four or six inches of probably fiberglass insulation in the attic. If I added 12 inches of cellulose insulation on top of that, would that be overkill for the current and future climate, you know, near the Iowa-Missouri border? That's that's number one. Number two, uh, when the bathroom was rebuilt, there was, in that south wall, there was one inch of insulation. Seems to be fiberglass with tar yep. or asphalt on the heated I exa- side. I know exactly what that yeah. is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I am assuming I have that in the north wall. There's a one-car attached garage that's the full width of the house north wall. I would like to add two inches of pink or blue or white styrofoam on the outside, the exterior side of that wall, but it's inside the unheated, uninsulated garage, so it'll be a little protected. It's two inches more overkill, assuming it has, you know, one inch of fiberglass and a little extra airspace in there. And then the third topic wow. is about, okay, okay, this, this house, well, the big patch in the hardwood floor shows me there used to be an in-floor gas furnace to heat this building, but the previous owners have a added a high-efficiency natural gas furnace with the the plastic exhaust pipe, and it has an an air-to-air heat pump, a high-efficiency one that's supposed to, I'm supposed to keep using it until the exterior temperature drops to 17 degrees Fahrenheit, above zero, and then switch to gas back up. So um, I'd like, if it's, if it's uh, technically and financially makes sense, I'd like to add a deep superheater okay. uh, between those two, uh, you know, the hot, um, the hot compressed gas from the exterior uh, compressor would go through a vertical double walled tube that I would install inside the existing natural gas water heater before it goes to the uh, furnace, you know, the furnace yep. bore unit. Yep. Um, so that's that's the three things I'm considering. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. and then Bill only has about two minutes to answer <laughs> all of these questions. Future product. That was pretty right. good. Okay, so let's let's go back to number one. Number one is if you're going to add any insulation on top of what's there, you'd better air seal everything first because I was talking about this yesterday with a person. When I added cellulose on top of fiberglass, all of a sudden now we had moisture underneath the roof deck because I didn't. At, <laughs> years and years ago, I didn't seal the holes for warm air going up around all the wiring and all the connections and everything in the ceiling went up. And now that I added insulation, that it actually kept the roof deck colder, but yet the warm air was going through that extra insulation, which I ended up having about two feet in there, went up. And now then I had moisture. So you better make sure an air seal, in fact, it's illegal in Minnesota to add unless you air seal the ceiling. Number two, yes, put two inches. It's it's proper or more, but put two inches on the outside. It will meet the newer codes. And then I would have a professional HVAC system, look a, a technician, look at what you've got there because we can really mess around when you start messing with gas and then marrying them um, with an air source heat pump because sometimes the technology between the two doesn't, uh, work very well because of you're going to maybe messing with sensors and everything else. And especially when you marry that D superheater in there, 
as well. So I would have someone that is really uh, technologically advanced, I guess, highly trained to work with those three systems. Wow. Ron, thank you so much for the call. Bill, that was a a speed record for you. you. Thank you very much. And just in the 30 seconds that we have (laughs) left, um, you know, insulation is a question people ask about a lot. When we talk about winterizing, people want to add insulation, but it's a lot more complicated than a lot of us think. It's much more complicated. When you start adding insulation, whether in or out, you mess with dew points, which means that the heat energy itself, when it goes through a wall, if, if that wall has any leakage whatsoever, there's a point where the cold and the warm meet, and that's the dew point if there's moisture in there. You start adding more insulation to one side or the other and don't think about dew point, you can actually make the insulation in your walls wet. I've actually been in a house where the, all of the sheeting on the outside was bowed out and the walls were wet because... They didn't understand dew point. They just wanted to add more insulation. So there's more to it. All right. Bill McAnally, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally. Talk of Iowa is a production of IPR News. Our producers are Samantha McIntosh, Caitlin Troutman, and Danny Gear. Our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. We had technical support today from Phil Moss. You can... Listen to Talk of Iowa whenever you want. Please subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Talk of Iowa wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Charity Neppy. This is Talk of Iowa.